Coming up on Salt City Code, we talk with Ashley Oliver about cybersecurity, AVR, and Karen's new career. My name is Karen Thorne. And I'm Kelly Corey. And together, we are Salt City Code. We'd like to take a minute to say thank you to our sponsor, Hack Upstate, for supporting Salt City Code. Hack Upstate's mission is to unite and facilitate collaboration among the greater upstate New York technology community. Twice a year, Hack Upstate organizes weekend hackathons. Developers and innovators from across central New York come to Syracuse to form teams, build projects, and win amazing prizes. It's all in 24 hours, and it's free to attend. Want to learn more? Visit hackupstate.com and get ready to code. Um, I don't have a solid intro to the episode yet. Like, I don't have that written out. So I'm usually just kind of making stuff up, unless you want to take it this time. Or do you want me to just be like, welcome to the, ep- like, we're here with Ashley Oliver. Uh, I, you know what? I don't know. Do we need to have the same one every time, though? I'd be more Drink. inclined to listen, if that were the case, to but a podcast. If it was uniform? If, no, if it wasn't. Oh, okay. oh, right. Okay. We can just be like, you know, today we're here with Ashley Oliver. We are super excited to talk to her about cybersecurity and protecting yourself on the internet. Uh, would you like to introduce yourself, Ashley? Yeah, um, I'm excited to be here. Um, I am Syracuse's resident cybersecurity subject matter expert. I am also mm-hmm. a consultant. Um, I'm a cybersecurity engineer, an architect, and an infrastructure engineer. Um, I also enjoy teaching, and so I am here now because I like to inform and enlighten more of the general population about the risks involved with cybersecurity and the internet and Wi-Fi and 5G, et cetera. Awesome. Which is good because we want to get that out there and get more of the general public to know that. And mm-hmm. not to mention even software developers because everybody's in a different area and mm-hmm. some may not know like myself. So I'm kind of excited to learn more about this. Yeah, I really want to hear about 5G because I don't know a lot about that necessarily. So I think that'll be neat too. Yeah. To catch up on. So how long have you been in cybersecurity? So I'm actually 10 years into my career. Um, the first five years, I was a network engineer, okay. um, which is basically like infrastructure, um, the internet, understanding how things are all connected, working for larger corporations. Um, yeah, not so much securing their networks, but more like setting de- them up, deploying them, yeah, deploying, designing them. Okay. Um, but, um, I am, I have a lot of energy and after a while I was like, well, designing it was fun, but then you hand it off and you just couldn't wait for the next project. And in between projects, I became more like, I just started understanding myself more. And I was like, I know that I'm a busybody. I know that I'm a person who has a lot of energy and an active imagination. Sure. And I was like, how can I, I have this massive networking background and I was like, how can I use this networking background? And bring it into something new that that feeds me more. And that's when I learned about network security engineering. And so, yeah, I became a network security engineer in 2015. Um, it was cool because I was still responsible for design and deployment of infrastructures for Fortune 500 companies, um, enterprise-level companies. Um, but I was also responsible for securing them. And that's nice. when it became fun. Yeah. There is never a shortage of work to do in cybersecurity. Um, and the, those types of personalities um, that are drawn to it are definitely the people that are more active, more hands-on. Um, there's never a limit to anything that can be secured. 
Um, and also like the realm, like there's, we're talking about 5G tonight, but you know, there's also, there's LAN, WAN, WLAN, like there's all kinds of different ways that we are all connected. Mm-hmm. Um, there's hybrid solutions. There's, we, you know, we're talking about data center now and SD-WAN, there's all kinds of stuff that's coming. And with that, even though these are huge advances to the technology community, mm-hmm. we still have to be concerned and be aware of the cyber risks that are imposed because if we're not, then we're going to just make ourselves a target um, for those types of attacks. Um, and so, you know, talking about software development, um, cybersecurity and software, we're sort of merging the two right now because, well, API is coming and automation. Right. And so with that, um, if we are able to start, like, working together, you know, like, I don't know much about software development, um, but I do know that, like, it's always a concern that we need to make sure that the software developers are adding security into their code. I mean, because there have been attacks on software development specifically, mm-hmm. um, polymorphic viruses, there's all kinds of different, yeah, there's all kinds of different attacks. Mm-hmm. Polymorphic viruses are fun to talk about. Well, and I was going to say, actually, just like recently, everybody was freaking out about, um, like, Ring. And, oh, my God, you know, there was... Um, Actually, one of my friends on Facebook had posted about it was and it wasn't even anybody I think that they knew. It was a woman who she was on the news and they had a ring and somebody Mm -hmm. had hacked into their ring, into the camera, into their child's room and like said all of these like really, really way out there things. And they were like, see, this is why I don't want one, this and that. And I, and so I had read the article that was with it. And the mother right off the bat said she did not engage the two-factor authentication when setting mm-hmm. it up. And I said, that right there is part of the problem right there. I go, if, usually if you set up the two-factor authentication, it's harder for them to hack into that. And they were like, really? I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 2FA is huge. Very, everyone, I have an, a lot of the projects I'm working on right now, we have 2FA for everything. Which is more time consuming, but it's it makes me happy personally because I'm like, okay, they're secure, they know what they're doing, this is gonna be good. Yeah. Um, but also, you know, about home security, a lot of people don't realize that one, a lot of people don't really have the time to put into it, but even your router or your modem that you get at home, if you ever log into it, like actually log into the IP, mm-hmm. um, you will see that there are actual like options that you can deploy. Like you there are firewalls that are built into the routers that you can enable. Um, which is another added layer of protection on top of the 2FA. And then, you know, and it, you can even go from there. I think they even make, nowadays, I've seen on Amazon that they have firewalls that you can buy for your home that aren't like the $3,000 ones that... Ooh, yeah, yeah. Okay. I have not heard of that. She's, because I was like, what is that? And you're like, wait, a separate firewall? I didn't like look into it, but I, I, I had seen like sort of what you're talking about. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm just a huge fan of layered security because I never believe in just like one, because hackers know that there's more than one way in. So... Sure. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, that makes sense, right? Like, if they know there's more than one way in, like, you should be protected. Absolutely. Well, See, now I'm going to have to go home and I'm going to have to do all that to mine because uh, I have Spectrum. So, you know, I have, like, their whole modem router or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I had to get my previous job. I had to have, like, I uploaded a lot of stuff and I had to download a lot of files. So I got the, whatever the highest one was before you could go to the business class, right? Mm-hmm. Which apparently is the same thing. It's just your guaranteed for the business class, that you'll never mm-hmm. have interruptions, whatever. <laughs> um, but I wanted it, you know, like, I have three kids and myself, you know, and the kids are doing a lot of streaming or online or whatever, mm-hmm. YouTube, you know, a bunch of stuff. So I went out and I bought, I just bought a router and I hard, hardwired Ethernet nice. to the router. Mm-hmm. So I have essentially two. You know, they're like, well, which network do I connect to? I'm like, it doesn't matter. But now I'll want to go home and make sure that all of those added securities are on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's it's a really nice feature. It's just it's not advertised by the ISPs. They don't for some reason they don't mm-hmm. advertise. I don't think all three of them, uh, Time Warner, Verizon. I don't think that they. Uh, what's that other cable company that's here? Uh, Windstream. Windstream. That's what okay. I'm thinking. Yeah. Yeah, gotcha. but for whatever reason, those companies um, they don't advertise that that feature, and I'm not sure why because it's not really yeah. a disadvantage to them. Right. Like, what do you think you would want consumers to know about that? Well, actually, well, speaking of awareness, that was yeah. going to be the next thing I was going to bring up is. Okay. Nice. Well, aware- awareness is huge, and mm-hmm. people, a lot of people, are just not aware of this stuff. They they don't they don't find out until it's too late. Like you know, with um, the ring example, it's it's unfortunate. But like, every, I understand. Like everyone, we all have our busy lives, and we all have our own jobs and careers and families. And everyone really doesn't have the time to sit down and figure out that you can actually deploy a firewall on your Time Warner router at home. I only happen to know because I have a lot of energy, as I said, and I got bored one Friday night and was like, what can I do? Um, That's awesome. It's just always good to protect people. And that's why Mm -hmm. I'm so happy to be here tonight um, because I know a lot of people are super excited about 5G. There's been so much talk about it. 5G is coming. Right. And that's my biggest, like, what is the major, is there like a major difference between 4G and 5G? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's what I want to know because Mm -hmm. everybody's like, oh, yeah, if you go and talk to like the cell guy, they're like, oh, there's really, you know, it's just going to be faster. Sure. Which is true. Um, and so the reason for that is, um, I'm going to try to not be too technical, but this is the only way that I know how to explain this. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you're thinking about wireless communications, you have, we communicate on these sort of like tubes that are called spatial streams. And so 4G has four spatial streams, which means essentially there are four streams going at all times from the 4G towers to our phones. Um, so it doesn't sound like a lot because it's only four, yeah. but each of those spatial streams, like thousands and thousands of users are connecting to each one. So 5G is a big deal because it's eight spatial streams instead of four. Oh, okay. That's, I didn't know that. That's a big right. difference. Yeah, that was a super good explanation. Yeah. Definitely kind of see that. So it's like double yeah. what we have now. Yeah. Okay. It's great because, it, yes, it will be faster. Mm-hmm. Um, but with it, many risks are going to come. Oh, tell me about these drawbacks. <laughs> Here we go. Um, okay, so... There is this whole subdivision of cybersecurity that's just completely focused on emanation and emanation attacks. Um, And so essentially with that many airwaves constantly being open through the air, I mean, okay, so it goes back to binary, right? Our computers are operating on binary ones and zeros. Those same ones and zeros are essentially in the air. We just can't see them, but they're constantly going back and forth. And Mm -hmm. having, yeah. It's just so wild to think about. Yeah, I know. You never really consider like, oh, there's all just this, you know, stuff going on around you. Well, yeah, I'm I'm just always so aware of it. And, like, I'm always thinking about emanation coming from my phone. And especially okay. now with – I know that the 5G has been released in certain pockets of the city already. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm mm-hmm. concerned because it was released in beta. And so I'm always like, I don't know if right. I want to put my phone on this. Sure. <laughs> um, about the beta. Yeah. It, it's nice See, to test. you would but. have been perfect mm-hmm. for um, somebody to contact when I was working at my previous um, em- employer. To sum up what I did, I basically, I traveled the state and I went to doctor's offices, hospitals. I took patient information for, um, like, the healthcare provider, which, like, Excellus, Aetna, because they would do, like, Medicare risk management adjustments and, and things like that. So it was, we had, like, three ways of doing it, of collecting the information. It was either print it and scan it into our laptop, 
which would be you know, would be an encrypted file um, or put it on a flash drive and then when we moved it over it would be encrypted um, or we could upload the doctors can upload it through a portal sometimes they would say do a test upload well if you didn't have access to wi-fi or, or internet at the doctor's office they wanted you to leave and go to like mcdonald's or starbucks or someplace that had wi-fi that you could get onto and i'm like Okay, wait, let me see if I get this straight. I can't use a wireless mouse because you're afraid that the dongle is going to um, create a virus in my laptop. But yet you're telling me that I can go to someplace like McDonald's and get on their Wi-Fi, but it won't get a virus because the firewall <laughs> is going to protect it and you're, no, but no person is going to be able to get any information because all of those files are encrypted anyway. And I'm like, that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Not to mention the the program that we used had like the patient name and date of birth. You know, if they were able to get into that, and I'm thinking, I wanted to say that is the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my whole life, but I was at my job, so I couldn't say that. But now hmm. I can. <laughs> yeah, that type of issue could easily be resolved if they had a certain if they had the right policies in place. That would make mm -hmm. a lot more sense. Overall, um, because you'd have like an umbrella that would make more sense of um, people worrying about attacks on your mouse. <laughs> Which is great. I love that. <laughs> they literally, they literally sent me a wired mouse because they were the wireless mouse, right? Just because you plug the little piece in, mm. um, the dongle was going to pick up a virus or somebody could attack, you know, and I'm like. Well, they're not wrong about that, though. No, I'm not saying that they are. I'm just saying that. They were more worried about that than the McDonald's is me the, going mm -hmm. to McDonald's to upload personal information of patients. Yeah. No, yeah, I agree. And that's why I think that if they had the proper policies and controls in place, that that whole situation could have been avoided. Um, I mean, I like to hear that they are concerned about Bluetooth attacks. I actually was just um, writing about, I have a, my next blog post is going to be about different types of Bluetooth attacks because there are so mm. many of them. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Blue jacking, blue snarfing. They have cool names. Blue snarfing. Yeah. Like no, that's awesome. Ooh, that's yeah. See now I want to. I didn't even know that was a thing. So now I need to. I'm gonna have to read that and find mm -hmm. out. Yeah, I was so happy to see how many people were interested in learning about 5G. So I went ahead and I, uh, I took the initiative and I got people to start getting involved and people are signing up. So I'm glad that that's they're. Awesome. I'm glad yeah, because no, this I'm is going to affect everyone. Right. So it's great that you're out there spreading this information and giving people like accurate knowledge. Yeah. That, know, I there's think just so much misinformation online. That's exactly what I was going to say is you are 100% right because um, so my husband is older. He's like my mom's age. And sometimes the two of them, they'll say something to me and I'm like, I'm like, no, it doesn't work that way. You know, and they're like, well, I don't want somebody. And I'm like, if you do it how I tell you, it's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like I'm always, but they'll read something. They're like, ah! and they, you know, and then they come to me and they're like, oh, and I'm like, it's not how it works. Yeah. I'm fortunate to have had a lot of experience in my career that has opened me up to all of this stuff. And I've seen it and I've seen it. It's actually um, newer for me to be working with the general public. Um, for, I mean, I have TA'd in the past up at SU a few times, you know, which oh, I ha cool. haven't. Yeah, mm -hmm. I like to have those one-on-one -on -one conversations with the students, and mm -hmm. I always like to be helpful. So I've done that, but on this larger platform, it's very new to me um, because most of my career was spent sitting behind my computer um, most of the time at home. I've worked from home for like five years now, and oh, I would wow, be... Um, it's a completely different world. Right? I, I believe it. <laughs> well, I mean, in, in my field, like, it's, 
we don't really have other people to talk to in the office, so it's there's not really a huge requirement to come in. Well, See, fair. you were right. <laughs> <laughs> we were when we were talking about. We were both really excited that you were coming to talk about all of this. Thank and you. She goes, I think you would be really good at cybersecurity. She goes, I can just see you doing it. I did tell now, you that. She, you did. Would you like to go from zero to full stack web developer in 24 weeks? Karen and I did. We're graduates of the first cohort of Careers in Code, a coding boot camp also sponsored by Hack Upstate. Learn HTML, CSS, JavaScript, and more from awesome instructors and incredibly patient TAs. If you're ready to change your career, sign up for the second cohort waitlist at careersincode.org. You can also sign up for the Hack Upstate Careers in Code monthly newsletter to receive updates, upcoming events, and job opportunities. That's careersincode.org. I'm like, oh, that's me, because I'm like, you know, just let me do my work and let me do my mm -hmm. thing. And I totally agree. And you mm -hmm. also pointed out already what was wrong with something with a job that you saw in the past with the mouse thing and the McDonald's. Like, that's mm -hmm. to identify that is just so <laughs> crucial. I, I even brought so. it up. I brought it up. Yeah, I even brought it up to a senior developer that was making the program that we used. And they're like, no, 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 it's fine. Like, okay. I'm like, it's not fine, but all right. It's fine until it costs them a lot of money down the road because of an exploit or a breach mm -hmm. that's the other issue and that's going to be the, and and that's why i said i you know i almost wanted to find somebody to breach them because that's a huge that's we're talking hipaa do you mm -hmm. know what the fines are for hipaa yeah astronomical it would be astronomical for, for them for the amount of files that they go through. Yeah, that's actually one of my side jobs. Um, I was hired over the summer to do this freelance penetration testing for a company um, based out of San Francisco. And um, at my actual job for them is to hack into their client. Like It's all ethical. The clients come and pay for them in right. this because mm -hmm. they want to make sure that they're protected. Yes. But yeah. it's actually my job to find any loophole that I can into their system. And it is a lot of fun. Okay. Yeah. Like see, I'm geeking right. out so hard right now. Like uh, yeah. you can't actually see me, but like I'm so excited. That is so <laughs> neat. I'm super interested in like the penetration testing and the ethical hacking. I like it because I like the simulation and I mm. like using emulators. Um, awesome. Yeah, it keeps it keeps things interesting. And it's always interesting to see like how people don't have like how they're not protected. Like I'm always yeah. like like they, it'll be something as simple as they had a port open on a switch and they didn't they were unaware of it. But wow. if I a hacker could easily I could log in remotely. I could walk up with a console cable or even an ethernet cable and just plug it right in. I could use this, I could issue a social engineering attack, which is a real thing. Like that's part of penetration testing is I mean it's yeah. all digital and technical, but they they also pay us to literally figure out how we can penetrate systems by infiltrating them and like for you dressing up as someone else and saying, "Hey, I'm the janitor and I came to clean today. Like, can I get in?" Wow. And that's where awareness comes into play because you yeah. have to make sure that whoever the guards at the door, that they're aware, you know, that people need to have badges. People need mm -hmm. to be using authentication. They should have, if they have biometrics, like iris scans and retina scans. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Density is a good one for that, too. Yeah, that's kind of what density does. It's a door counter, basically. Yeah. Um, but it, there's no facial recognition. But if, like, if, so if I, if Kelly had a key card mm -hmm. and I was right behind her, it would pick me up knowing that I didn't have a key card and that I accessed wherever she was getting into illegally. Yeah, there's actually, we call that piggybacking in, yes. in CISSB yeah. terms. <laughs> you know, because you don't know who could walk in. 
behind well, someone. And it's just like those the spy movies and stuff, like Jason Bourne or oh yeah, yeah. Nice. Well, because a lot of people they are they're not aware of their surroundings either. That is the truth. <laughs> uh, it just it amazes me the the amount of because I'm a big people watcher. And mm-hmm. maybe that's bad. I don't know, but I'm not. Just saying, please get into cybersecurity. <laughs> please just do this. I just well, because I mean, what, anything that we've done, mm-hmm. you know, gone to um, conferences or anything, you know, like okay, I find the corner and I where my back is to walls. Mm-hmm. You know, if I go to restaurants, any any place I go, I'm always trying to find to put my back to so that there's only walls behind me and not people, for mm-hmm. one. But then I just sit, sometimes I just sit and I watch people. They have no concept. Well, and people in cybersecurity, the biggest risk is, is always humanity. It's not, it's, there's all this cyber stuff and technology, <laughs> but humans pose the biggest threat, um, especially if they aren't aware, if they haven't had training. Um, there, are, there could be newer people coming in that don't have the expertise yet, and there could be older people going out that you, they didn't have to worry about this stuff when they started. And so that's why awareness <laughs> and training is so important. There was a time, actually, my mom <laughs> sent me, I was in college, and my mom, she sent me a virus in an email, and she, so there, she gets this email, it looks totally ridiculous, it was totally a phishing attack. Um, and, oh, I love it when parents get those, because, like, they just really don't know, like, they think it's legit. Oh, she knew. <laughs> oh, God. She, see, this is the thing, she thought she was ahead of the curve because she knew, and so then she goes and opens it and sends it to me, uh. and she goes, is this a virus? <laughs> Oh. I still, I'll never forget that. Oh, my, oh God. my God. That's funny. <laughs> yes. yes. Yes, it was a virus. See, now, my mom, she, <laughs> I do have to say this much about my mom. At least she will, like, she'll send me a text and she'll say, I got this, blah, 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 this, either a text or an email. And she's like, you know, something. And I'm like, don't open it. And she's like, well, I didn't open it. She mm-hmm. goes, but what do I do? And I'm like, just delete it. That's mm-hmm. all. And I'm like, yes, just delete it. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, especially with, like, phishing attacks. Like, you can't. You can only give it power if you give it power. Like, them sending right. it to you isn't going to do anything. But if you open it, if you click the link... It's going to lead to bad things. Yeah. Don't ever click on the link. Also... Literally. I can't wait to pull, quote, uh, humans are the greatest threat to cybersecurity. Like, I'm going to turn that into a quote or something and post it on our social media. Because that was so... No, I love that. That was <laughs> yeah, so great. That's, yeah. That's, that's awesome going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, that, get that on a mug. Yeah. <laughs> that's, I, I would drink from that mug. But the good... I feel like that actually... That might perk ears up and people might start to think like maybe we need to be more involved maybe we should be and i think there's a reason that so many people are interested in my webinar about 5g Mm -hmm. um, because it affects them and you don't have to be an engineer or a developer to to be affected by this or to be interested in it my friend i have my girlfriend you know she's got her three Mm -hmm. kids and i'm always educating her and telling her what to be aware of when she's using her phone or using her computer because i don't want anything to happen to her or her kids. I mean, there's mm-hmm. so, your, pictures on phones can be, people, they can hack into your phone and take your pictures. There's no reason they can't. That's frightening. <laughs> awesome. That's well, cool. I mean, there are controls that we can put in place to protect, but people just aren't mm-hmm. aware of it. I, I constantly preach to people, you need to have AVR on your phone. I've told my parents a million times they need to have AVR on their computers. They, and they it goes in one ear and out the other, and then they, I end up having to clean out their computers because they've clearly been maliciously hacked. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, AVR nowadays is so... This resonates with 5G, too, because they mm-hmm. actually have AVR, um, which means antivirus removal, and they actually have apps that you can download. Um, mm-hmm. I Yeah, I've used AVG. I was just okay. going to ask you that because that seems to be the one that a lot of people use. Cause the, now, do you pay for it? No, that's you, what makes it great. That's you just Okay, see, and that's mm-hmm. the other thing because, you know, like um, AVG has been one that we've used 
we have Macs at home, and that's pretty much what we've used. For, I couldn't tell you how long now. Yeah. Um, sure. But I love that they're always like, oh, you know, buy the whatever for a year. And I'm like, we don't need to. The, the free stuff is doing the job. Well, and the free stuff is better. And also, they those you can only have one AVR on your computer at a time because the different softwares, they will fight with each other. So, like, one, if you had um, McAfee and AVG, like, they would fight with each other, and then they might miss a virus because they, McAfee says it is and AVG says it's not or vice versa. Um, and it's better. I personally prefer to have AVG just because it is free. I've used it for seven years now. I have never once had a virus on any of my computers. Yeah, I, um, I mean, okay, so I'm really dating myself. But, you know, like, I can remember when Norton first came out, and they're like, oh, you got to oh, yeah. have Norton antivirus, blah, blah. Well, you know, and I, I'm probably going to get in trouble down the road for saying this, but the problem with with Norton and McAfee and the, the paid platforms is that they are designed the way they're designed for a reason. They So they charge, right? Mm-hmm. And then when your subscription runs out, your computer is, like, even more... Uh, vulnerable. Way more vulnerable than it even was before you even had McAfee because that's how those products are designed. Mm. And that's why after... So you get McAfee, your subscription runs out, you, you're you're vulnerable, you're a target, you get attacked, you get a virus, you, you get the blue screen of death. Oh, um, yeah. yeah, right? Yeah, and so then from... You know, people can make a lot of money on fear, unfortunately. And so from that, you want to go back and they say, oh, we'll sign up for McAfee and we'll fix it and we'll remotely log in scan everything and it'll all be fine um but you know companies like avg that aren't advertised everywhere personally i would choose that over any paid platform just because they're they're safer it's not you can pay for it they do offer there's a free version and then there's a premium version and you can pay for it i mean the premium version i think that they offer a little bit more like they built-in browser protection um a couple smaller controls i'm not as concerned with that stuff um i'm just more concerned with the old i'm and it's also because I'm a network engineer at heart. Is I'm always more concerned with the internet. I'm more concerned with keeping people mm-hmm. out before they can even get in to my system. Yeah. Um, which is why that I'm not attracted to the premium package. But they do. I do want to say they they have AVR for AVG um, has an app now on Android. I don't know about mm-hmm. iPhones. Um, AVG mobile defenders. There's all kinds of. If you just go on your your Play Store, or what I don't know what I don't know anything about Apple, so I don't know what their their term is for um, downloads. Um, but for Android, if you go into the, to the Play Store, you can just put type AVR into the little search bar, and you'll see like there's like tons and tons of different protections, and they're all rated, um, and they're all. I think the first like the top eight that I looked at earlier were free. Nice. Oh, that's nice. That. And that's protecting your phone. So now. Mm-hmm. I'm curious, actually, about the what your answer to this is going to be because um, I don't even know what he was looking at. But all of a sudden, like our Mac is really old, but it, this was a few years ago, and um, we took it to a guy that you know has done some work on our computers for a while now, um, and he's Apple certified and all that. So we took it to him, and he put AVG on there, and then he put like a malware. Yeah, so that, because they're different, they, I would do the same thing. Okay. So there's AVR, which is antivirus removal, and then there's um, anti-malware. Um, they're they're two different. It's like if you think of the virus removal as the first step, and then the anti-malware as the second step. Um, malware poses more threats to more threats to your system, I should say, um, than any type of virus. Um, I mean, the viruses are ugly, and there are different types of them, but malware is way worse. Mm-hmm. We're talking, yeah. like, Bitcoin attacks on your... Oh, gosh. I, I did a webinar on that on Bitcoin recently. Oh, neat. 
Um, yeah, because they how many times they had a huge malware attack. Uh, I forget the name of it. It was like I think in 2016, I want to say they had a huge malware attack where the issue with malware is once the attackers in, they get all your information. Um, they're not just interested in like destroying your system. They're interested they're in like interested collecting. In everything, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, and then they want they grow. They'll once they're into you, they're gonna find out who else you're connected to, who else is on your network. A lot of the corporations I work for always have to be. We use um, this term; it's called segmentation because we have to. We always have to be aware that like if on the off chance that one particular subset of the system gets attacked, like we have to keep it segmented off and like quarantined and isolated. Stop it from spreading to everything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Leon, so I, I have been thinking about it from an enterprise perspective, but I'm, I'm thinking about it at home, too, because you mentioned that you had your two different internets at home. And, you know, if they, if they find their way into one, they're going to find their way into the next well, one. Yeah, and, because they're, I mean, they're connected by Ethernet. But, I mean, they both have different passwords, but if they can get into the one, they're going to be able to get into the other one. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. You know, and I did it mostly so that the one wouldn't be bogged down with all the streaming that we do and being on the Internet and, you know, everything else. Um, and it's, so far, it's seemed to work. Yeah, I have my setup well. is like that too, at home. But yeah, so there's different AVR that you can put on your phone, and I would definitely recommend that people start looking into that before it's too late. I mean, it's the, the, there are so many tragedies that hackers can hack into your camera. They not not only can they take the photos that already exist on your phone, but they can hack into your camera. They can hack into your Bluetooth. Um, when I'm at the gym and I see people with those giant headphones because I'm guilty of people watching too because I'll be sitting there the whole time like lifting weights and I'll be like I wonder if that kid has any idea how much information is traveling from his head to his phone in his pocket and how much of a risk he's already on the internet at the gym so that's one mm-hmm. he's got his bluetooth going that's two like we, we can mm-hmm. you know we can do this for days mm-hmm. and so you know I, mm-hmm. I just I want people to be more aware of that stuff because I, I think that once you get attacked it's really it's a tragedy that people's yeah. lives have been destroyed Oh, absolutely. And also, we're on, I hate to bring this up, and I'm not going to go all political, but we are on high alert right now. Yeah. So, yeah. 100%. Yeah. (laughs) Now more than ever. Join us next week when we continue the conversation with Ashley Oliver. If you would like to follow me on my personal learning curve journey, my website is kethorn.com, Instagram, Karen Thorne, Twitter, kthorn, and email, contact at kethorn.com. Also, be on the lookout for JS Web Development LLC as I'm starting my own business. Twitter and Instagram are JS Web Dev. I'm working on a website that should be up soon, and that's jswebdevelopment.com. You can always email me at jswebdevelopment at gmail.com. If you'd like to keep up with Kelly, you can visit my personal website, kel.dev. You can follow me on Twitter at keldeveloped, or you can follow me on Instagram at kelly2earth. Together, we are Salt City Code. You can follow along with the podcast at salt city code on instagram and twitter and if you have any questions comments or concerns you can reach out to us at saltcitycode at gmail.com and remember always always keep keep it salty. salty